I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the movie podcast where two films enter the Coliseum and participate in a fight to the death. On this week's show... Kirk Douglas is the slave who became a gladiator and the gladiator who defied an empire in Spartacus. While Russell Crowe is the general who became a slave, the slave who became a gladiator and the gladiator who defied an empire in Gladiator. Nine Roman armies have been destroyed by Spartacus. Spartacus, a motion picture unequaled in the entire history of filmmaking, unlikely ever to be surpassed. Starring Kirk Douglas as Spartacus, slave, gladiator, invincible fighter. Laurence Olivier as Crassus, symbol of Rome's majesty and might. I'm not after glory. I'm after Spartacus. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the north, general of the Felix Legions. Loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius. Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife. And I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. So who is getting the thumbs up? And which film receives thumbs down? You're about to find out in Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Podders. I'm Spartacus. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Why did I not think of that? <laughs> I'm also Spartacus, also Vicky Crompton. <laughs> and no Alex this week, so it's just the two of us tackling these epic movies. Flipping heck. Are we up to the task, Vicky? I nearly and I, I nearly couldn't do it, Chris. Mm. These are long. But then I realised that Spartacus has got an intermission built into it. It really does. So that was all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you could forward one through the first ten minutes. <laughs> No Imagine there. my pleasure when I realised that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, Spartacus is longer than both films we did last week put together. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> How was last week? It was all right. It was, yeah, it was lovely. I mean, a bit of a surprise that you voted for the, the quite sexist film that hasn't <laughs> dated very well, that seems to hate women. Whereas the film that's dated quite nicely, I know, it's you really had bad. no interest in. When you were off, when me and him did, Alex did... Um, I can't remember, Tomb Raider or whatever. Yeah. And you were like, oh, have I got to watch them? Because they're evenly matched. And so I was like, yeah, I think you should. And I thought, oh, I bet you do. But then I was like, oh, does that mean I have to when it's my week off? So I didn't. And I've only seen one of them. And it was a really long time well, ago. No, I was going to say, we'll pretend you watched Back to School. Okay? Sure, yeah. For the purposes. I've never heard of it. No, sure. Nor, nor had Alex. <laughs> <Or> anyone. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, this is going to be a very different week. Yeah. But uh, we wanted to do Gladiator, didn't we? Yes, of and course. and you know people suggested sword and sandal films, yeah, recent ones. But this is the one that really makes sense logically, thematically, yes, the plot, the characters, scenes, yeah, a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot. So um, clues. Um, my first clue uh-huh. was you obviously listen to this. Yeah, no, but yeah. your clues are always so good. So. Uh, my oh, Alex said it was a terrible clue. Uh, my clue was <laughs> when in Rome. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Um, he said it was rubbish. Uh, I followed that with a picture of Prince with slave written on his cheek. 
<laughs> and uh, the correct guess is flew in. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of correct answers, but fastest finger was smash body and mind. Oh, no way! Yeah. <laughs> Who said, next week, Spartacus versus Gladiator, epic movies to erase the terribleness of this week. Oh. You know what? You don't have to have a dig. <laughs> I, I, I always tell everyone, if you don't like the week's films, either don't watch them. If you do watch them, don't, don't tell us. No, it's I like fine. it. I like a little, a little bit of um, a salty response in that Really? Week. Oh, yeah. why don't you get online yeah, then? Yeah, occasionally. Why don't you deal with our Twitter? <laughs> yes, I'm very protected. I, I appreciate that. So uh, your prize is, I haven't thought of one, so it is a uh, bath with some oysters and snails. Oysters and Oh, God, I just remembered that bit <laughs> flipping heck. Yeah, fair enough. Which do you prefer? I like both. Okay, what's that supposed to mean, sex? What? <laughs> Obviously. Um, so should we do the connection section? Sure, I've got a few. There are a few. <laughs> yeah. All right, what you got? I've got the character, which is disrespectful because he's a real person, Gracchus. Gracchus? Yeah. I didn't know he was in both. Yeah, They're not both. set at the same time, are they? No. So I guess it's not the same Gracchus, but... No, it will be probably the same Gracchus. I've done a tiny bit of research into ancient Rome. It's Charles uh, Lawton in Spartacus yeah. and Derek Jacobi in <laughs> Gladiator. Yeah. Um, slave traders unhappy with the quality of the slaves, mm-hmm. which seems a little bit greedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gladiator school, uh, slow kill under your arm. Mm-hmm. And Rome is the mob. That phrase, Rome is the mob. Okay, good, That's good. It. That's all I've got. Uh, what have I got? You've got red on you. Yeah. <laughs> People get painted with red, get red paint yeah, stuck do. on them. Yeah. Uh, throwing the weapon at the audience happens in both films. I feel like it's an homage in Gladiator. Yes. Um, yeah, good spot. Uh, bringing in British actors to class up the joint. <laughs> the thing about Gladiator is like, I know this isn't what it is, but was Ridley Scott like, hi friends, do you want to come and make a film with me? And then all these old boys just go out to Malta, wherever it was. Yeah. Didn't end so well for one of them, obviously. No. But ostensibly it was like, do you want to come and on holiday But with that's me? what you do, I think. In an epic movies, you have to have older, great British actors. Yes. Because that's just the expectation. Yeah. If you're casting politicians, politicians are, are, are older British, British people <laughs> and warriors are younger Americans slash Australians. Um, politicians and leaders who can't understand why people love the film's hero. That's a massive theme in both films. They yes, just they cannot believe incapable. it. Yep. Uh, what else have I got here? Crucifixions. <clears throat> uh, that's not a fun one. Uh, this is a less fun one. Um, substituting for a dead person. So uh, when we got the reissue of Spartacus in 91, Anthony Hopkins did the voice of Laurence Olivier for the scene they stuck in the movie. Right. And then uh, obviously Oliver Reed died before Gladiator came out. So other people had to come in and sub for him and have yeah. facial stuff going on. So that's a sad one. Uh, something from my Latin lessons. Oh, my God. I forgot you did Latin. I believe uh, both movies get the thumbs up, thumbs down thing wrong. No This way. is what I was taught in school. There are two schools of thought here, but I think most people say that thumbs down meant they stay alive. Thumbs up means kill them. Right. Yeah, yeah. You've got to be sure, haven't you? When If you're in ancient Rome, <laughs> yes, that you've done 100%. the right one. Yeah. And I'm not 100% sure, but that is definitely what I was taught in school. And then reading around it this <clears> week, it does seem to be the thinking is that Hollywood got it wrong. It's extra jeopardy, I suppose, if you're in ancient Rome and you're not sure what's just happened. It's like when the X Factor drag it out lords and lords. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Commodus fucking loves dragging it out, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. He's giving it the full Simon Cowell. <laughs> right, let's get into it. Yep. So uh, on Thursday, Vicky will be asking if we are not entertained. <laughs> so today, uh, I'm still Spartacus. So let me take you on a journey. And I'll keep it brief, as we've got a lot to get through. Oh, yeah. So Spartacus is about a slave who became a gladiator and a gladiator who defied an empire. Done. It's also about oysters and snails. <laughs> while it ends with the hero letting thousands of people die because he's slow to say the film's most famous line. <laughs> I mean, he could have just said he's Spartacus early doors. What's he got to lose? A lot of people die. <laughs> In a horrible way. So uh, when did you first see Spartacus, Vicky? And was it this week? Oh, do I think it was on Sunday. Uh, sure. so, so... It's a perfect Sunday afternoon movie. Oh, my God. So I was. this is what I was thinking, right? This film, just to get this out of the way, all it says to me is... Bored, bored Sundays when you're a child waiting for the cartoons to start. That's all it was. I couldn't even hear the name without getting that feeling of like full body boredom that you used to have on a Sunday when you were seven in the 80s because there was fuck all else to do. And and yet you didn't see this on a Sunday in the 80s. No, I avoided it because it's just too grown up, just seemed too dull. I just couldn't, Mm -hmm. I couldn't find a way. So I avoided it my entire life. 
I knew what would happen, which is it would be something that we would do on the podcast and you would have suggested it and I would do the thing that I always do, which is I've been forced to watch it and, of course, I love it. Because that's true, because it is a classic and all the rest mm. of it. However, I did watch it on Sunday, just gone, and I'd been out on Saturday and so I had to watch it in very small bursts mm. because I just couldn't sit still for over three hours and I watch the film. I think that's fine. It's yeah. quite episodic. Yes. It could be a TV series. In fact, it did become a TV yeah. series. I did it in half-hour bits. Yeah. And I had a very good time. So that's it. Excellent. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I thought I had seen it on a Sunday afternoon in the 80s. Yeah. Um, it's exactly the sort of thing you would have Easter done. and Christmas is when they would put the big yep, makes epics sense. on. I realise I haven't. I, I've, I, I saw the Ten Commandments about five times in that era. <laughs> and yeah, I hadn't seen this. What I had seen was the I'm Spartacus scene course, yeah. in, in, I think, Every you know, day. those roundup shows of the best scenes of all time, that yeah. kind of thing. And on YouTube, probably I watched it. But also, I do remember distinctly in 1991 when they did re-release it with the uh, the bathhouse scene put back in. Right. And it was just, it was big news that they'd cut this gay scene from Spartacus in the yes. 60s. We're bringing it back in 1991. Mm-hmm. I was reading Empire by then. I'm sure there's an article, I might have seen it on the news. Because I did remember knowing the fact that Joan Plowright, uh, Laurence Olivier's uh, widow, said... Anthony Hopkins does a really good impression of my late husband. Get him in. And so they called him up and he he does all the dialogue in that scene because I think, you know, it was, the footage was was very rough. Right. So I, I'd seen that scene. So I knew that scene really well and I knew the story behind it. That yeah. they'd snuck in, uh, you know, this this gay subtext. Or it's just text, isn't it, really? And it that's, is just text. Well, I suppose it is subtext because he doesn't say what he wants to do. He's saying it through food. Yeah, metaphor, yeah. And I'd even, I've even seen the film about Trumbo. So I know Trumbo's side, Douglas Trumbo's side of this. Uh, Dalton Trumbo, rather. But yeah, never seen this. So again, it was a first watch for me. And yeah, I mean, it's fucking long. (laughs) (laughs) But there are some brilliant scenes along the way that make it worthwhile. I agree. So, uh, amazing history behind this film. I'm not going to go into it all. Great. I'm going to dash through it. So, uh, and speaking of dashes, there was a race to get this film made because Yul Brynner was working on The Gladiators, a movie about Spartacus. Mm. Uh, and this was happening at a time when the Hollywood blacklisting was happening. So if you don't know about that, that is when sus- communists or suspected communists or suspected communist sympathisers or people that had just once read a book about communism uh, were prevented from working in the film industry by uh, the, the huge powers that the government gave the House Un-American Activities Committee. And so, and that sort of communism is behind the scenes for this film all the way through. Howard Fast wrote this book in 1951 on which the the film is based. Um, He'd been imprisoned and blacklisted for being a communist. Uh, And so he couldn't get the book published. He had to self-publish the book himself and it was a success. Kirk Douglas read it. Kirk Douglas loved it. He wanted to make it and it sort of became a bit of an obsession for Kirk Douglas. Um, and he chose blacklisted Hollywood screenwriter Dalton Trumbo to adapt it, which was, I mean, he was working at the time Trumbo, but he was working in secret under pen names. Mm. So he'd recently done Roman Holiday, but it doesn't have, it didn't have his name on it at the time. Um, and they kept the fact that he was working on this film secret. Mm-hmm. So his pen name, do you know what his name was when no. he wrote this? Sam Jackson. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was going to say something. Red, 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 red. (laughs) Just to be like, fuck you. (laughs) Red trombone. (laughs) But it was this weird thing where it was this open secret in Hollywood that people knew he was doing this. There was one, do you know the name Hedda Hopper? Yes. Yeah, so she, you know, was this famous sort of um, Hollywood columnist. She also was a big person. She hated Trumbo. She hated communists. She was a big part of getting him put in prison. And then when he was out trying to stop him working. She was she was obsessed with him. Yeah. Not a good person. Um but it is interesting because there are that there are those lines in this script that are very obviously about the blacklist. Uh they 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 call the Romans or the the, the slaves enemies of the state. Uh there's a, someone says the list of the disloyal has been compiled mm. like it's all in there. Yeah. Um which is which is fascinating but yeah Trumbo wrote the script. And then my fancy dinner party guest, Peter Ustinov. Oh, God, he's so good. <laughs> yeah, I spent quite a long time this weekend just looking at videos on YouTube, telling stories about the making of this, because he, he can do impressions of everyone in the cast. <laughs> like, he can make his face exactly like Charles Lawton's, and he does a brilliant Olivier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he got the script in 1957. He thought it was pretty good. He said he liked there was no mention of Christianity. Yes. He said it was the first... It was unusual for a film of this size 
to not be about the Christians okay, and not be about Jesus and God and not really have any mention of all that stuff. Uh, he reckons it's the most intelligent epic of them all because he reckoned it was the only one that had a true social message of the films that came out at that time. And he puts all that down to Douglas. He said Doug, Michael, uh, Kirk Douglas was the driving force. But he also talks about the fact that people were at loggerheads throughout the making of this film. Um, a funny thing he says, he reckons that Trumbo was overworked because Douglas convinced him to give all the big actors in it slightly altered version of the script so they thought they had a bigger part <gasps> oh than they really God. did. That's an amazing thing to do. So it was all a bit awkward when they did the first table read. Well, yeah, because there's only so much air in the room. I, mean, I think Laurence Olivier thought the film was about him. And so that got him off on the wrong foot with Trumbo and, 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 and with the director. It's a great way to get people cast. Tricky meeting afterwards, yeah, I well, reckon. Well, he said that, that Laurence Olivier and Charles Lawton uh, fell out during that first uh, table read. He said Olivier was patronising him. And from that point on, Charles Lawton decided, I'm just going to be difficult on this film. Right. And so, but he liked Peter Ustinoff. So they did, Kirk Douglas decided that Peter Ustinoff would write uh, Charles Lawton's scenes. <laughs> and so there are lovely scenes between the two of them yeah. that feel like they're from a different film. Yeah. They're a right laugh. Yeah. That's all Peter Ustinoff writing it for the, the, the two of their voices. He said, we, we would talk about the scenes while drinking beef tea laced with gin together. <laughs> Do you know what that reminds me of? It's an article, I'll send it you. Uh, soup cocktails. Okay. In the 50s or 60s, Campbell's Soup tried to convince people to use it as a cocktail ingredient. Okay. So chicken bouillon and, and, and beef stock with gin in, basically. And so there's all these fancy adverts, very Mad Men style, because it's like old, being like, when you come home from work, why don't you pour yourself a nice, and it'd be like a beef martini. Yeah, yeah. But So someone, and a, a cocktail, what a couple, mixologist, whatever, has now reinvented it. It's like a chicken soup martini. And wow. it, it does sound, if you like, because it's just salt, really, like chicken-flavoured salt and booze. And I would, ha I would drink that. Yeah. So I pulled my face just then. Yeah. And then I thought that's delicious. I've, I've had I've had dark weekends where I put vodka on everything. <laughs> well, you're just like it works garage with is shut. I've got the vodka. Yeah. What else have I got? Yeah, I've where, got some stock cubes. Where are the cornflakes? <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> I don't know. That's the second time in a in a couple of weeks I've read about beef tea. Beef tea. Have you been doing war recreations? Have you been hiding out in a Anderson shelter? Have you been hanging out with old ladies? Have beef, beef tea would be all right, wouldn't it? Beef it's bovril. It's bovril. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Bisto, isn't it? Why, like, didn't he just, why didn't he just say that? Why, why did that get me so confused? <laughs> so, Anthony Mann uh, is the director of this movie for no, two weeks. <laughs> uh, he directed the first 10 minutes. Uh, Michael, uh, Michael, I've got to stop calling him Michael. I know, I'm going to do that as Kirk well. Kirk Douglas hated him. Right. And he was off the film. Uh, Ustinov reckons that Douglas wanted Kubrick from the beginning because right. they'd worked together previously. Um, Kubrick needed money. He was in a multi-picture deal with Kirk Douglas that he wanted out of. He wanted to make very different kinds of films and he saw this as his opportunity. Signing up to this, even though he was uncomfortable with the size of the production, he, wasn't, he didn't like the script, but it was, he saw this as a stepping stone to get to where he wanted to be, which is making his own films. Mm -hmm. So he kind of disowns this film. He doesn't include it as, even though some of the films before this, he would consider Stanley Kubrick. He doesn't consider this one a Stanley Kubrick film. But from here on in, they're all Kubrick films. I mean, I didn't even know. I've got to be honest, which is, re is really embarrassing because, you know, that's quite a big name. But I just didn't know. Yeah. Like when I saw it there, I was like, oh, just no idea. Like when, so when they did the re-release in 91, where they not only put in the, 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 the oysters scene, they put in a lot of violence. So we ended up with about 10 more minutes. Right. The, the, the most brutal Which kills definitely in definitely needs, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and they, there's some amazing kills in this film. Yeah. But um, he wanted nothing really to do with it. He okay. gave it his blessing, but he's like, don't involve me. Uh, I'm about to die. So... Um, <laughs> The studio, though, they wanted, apparently, this is how the story goes. So there's lots of, also, because everyone's a raconteur who made this film, there's so many stories, but apparently... The <laughs> a bon vivant exactly, drinker. <laughs> the studio wanted 30 setups a day from Kubrick. Right. Stanley Kubrick said, I'll do two setups a day. <laughs> and you'll be fucking happy. Uh, they reckon he ended up doing eight setups a day uh, on average. But um, he became unhappy with the cinematographer's approach, Russell Metty. So he took over cinematography duties. Right. That DP didn't have any work to do. Uh, Spartacus <laughs> eventually won the Oscar for cinematography. <laughs> Russell Metty had to go up there and pick up the Oscar for something he didn't do. Ooh. Uh, awful. Uh, the budget allegedly rose from 4 million to 12 million. Right. 
That is big. That is big. Uh, they, re- they estimate the cast uh, as 10,500. <laughs> uh, they shot for two years. Did they? Uh, I don't know if that's an exact number. They shot for two years. So uh, or they was in, it was in it production was, okay. for two years. Uh, here's here's a, a, a judgment of time in this film. Peter Ustinov says, yes. uh, My daughter was born at the start... Uh, and was at kindergarten by the very end, where when asked about her father, she told teachers he did Spartacus for a living. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Uh, Peter Ustinov also won an Oscar for the film. Uh, he said that after I got my Oscar, Oliver Lawrence Olivier sent me a telegram. It was a Best Supporting Actor Oscar. And the telegram said, thank you for supporting me so well. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> but it is a story where uh, of a clash of acting styles, really, because yeah. you have got the old school... You've got the new school. Usinov says Douglas is the guy. His ego would tell him I can I can actually do both of these effortlessly. Easy. Yeah, I think he can probably. He's good. Um, but yeah, you know Tony Curtis is coming at it with a very different um, ah, yeah. performance style to Laurence Olivier. So is there one of them you prefer? Do you think it doesn't work? Or I was really surprised to see Tony Curtis because I didn't know he was in it. And at first, it's such a shock, and it's like everyone. As the same with Gladiator, people are allowed to use their accent no matter what. I think because yep, yep. what's the point? Like some people are, they've got an Italian. What we would you know recognise under an Italian accent, Gene Simmons is super British, and all the rest of it. And at first, Tony Curtis was like, you, because everyone else's accents are all over the map. I was mm. like, is that New York? Mm. Like at first, quite broad, and then I got into it. Once I'd got over the shock of seeing him like that, uh, I liked. I find Lawrence Olivia. I just I've missed that. That ball, well, know, like it's acting's, too... acting's moved on so yeah. dramatically in in the hundred years since. Yes, he's he's. I've said it on here before. He's doing what I call actoring. Yeah, yeah. Where you can see him acting. Yeah, you can but... see the cogs and all the mannerisms, and it's very stagey mm. and it's very uh, precise as well, and all the rest of it. Whereas Tony Curtis is more naturalistic. And yeah, I do think it's quite effective. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. you know, he's an effective villain in this film. Yes, but um. Yeah, that, that sort of. I've got more behind the scenes stuff, but let's talk through the film. Yeah. I'll just say one last thing. A weird byproduct of the production of this film is when Kirk Douglas and Stanley Kubrick were not getting along, apparently Douglas took Kubrick to see his therapist right. so they could have almost like a couple's counseling session. Yeah. Uh, that therapist gave Stanley Kubrick the book that Eyes Wide Shut was based on 35, 40 years really? later. Really? Yeah. That is fun. Yeah. Okay. As part of therapy, read this book. Read this book. Okay. This book about fucking. Yeah. I mean, I don't Sexy know. Times? I don't know. I don't know, I don't what, know what, what is the. Yeah, I bet it is a really famous book, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think it's a very loose adaptation. Okay. I don't, I don't think it <laughs> There's was. There's no direct... sex in the book. And he was like, can you put that mask on, please? <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's do the movie. All right. Overture. Yeah. So people can get to their seats, correct? Yeah, okay. get settled. Once I understood that, I was like, I'm all right now with the yeah, runtime. Yeah, we talked about it the other day yeah. about that you need settling time. Yes, you do. Because people are rustling popcorn and talking <laughs> and turning their phone off these days. But um, Or leaving it on. Uh, but yeah, we got five minutes of that over a black screen. Not a problem. Happy. Uh, scored by Alex North. Yes, but did you listen to it all? No. Uh, Saul Bass credits. Yes. Then come in and then we, nine minutes in... We're into the movie and we uh, we got voiceover. We got a voiceover. Why you know, not? There's why no not? time to establish what's going on. No. Uh, and, and it's telling us about slavery. We were in the Roman Republic, the home of the gods, but their disease is human slavery. And we're told that a slave woman gave birth to a proud and rebellious son, Spartacus, who was sold into slavery. And we find him working at a salt mine where um, he's whipped for helping exhausted slaves and then does the most upsetting thing you can do. <laughs> If I'm watching a film and that is bite someone's Achilles, <laughs> I have Achilles fear uh, and this was very upsetting. It's fantastic in terms of, you know, if you're into this sort of thing. It's It starts off as a save the cat moment because he's like, I will yes. help my fellow slaves. And then you're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but I do like it. I think it's great. Yeah, it's and it, nasty. And, it, and, it, and they, they, what's the word? He, hums, he hamstrung, hamstrung a guy. Yeah, so that means he's gone right through it. So when you hamstring someone, you cut it and then you can't walk. Ah, it's horrendous. Mm, I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> uh, but what's his name? Batiatus? Batiatus? Batiatus. Batiatus, paid by Peter Usinoff, uh, rolls around looking for potential warriors for his gladiatorial school. <laughs> uh, he hears about the hamstringing and takes uh, Spartacus with him. And together with the other slaves, they learn that they will uh, be oiled, bathed, shaved, massaged, taught to use their heads... Uh, given women, if yeah. it pleases them, uh, might even gain their freedom and become trainers themselves. Which I love 
because I'd seen Gladiator first, and when you think about being a gladiator, it's just all shit, isn't it? Like you were just going out to entertain yeah. people and to die. And I understand this in the the very rigid systems that there were back then, which we cannot possibly imagine because it's far too far in the past for us to get our head round. But if you'd been a slave and someone said, okay, you might get five years, you might get 10, yep. you absolutely won't get more than that. You might only get like the next 10 minutes, but those next year or two, whatever, will be luxurious compared to where you've been. You could see why some people might be like, all right, then fine. Yeah. I mean, the principle's the same though, isn't it? Because Proximus said, Proximo says he earned his um, yes. freedom, didn't he, by yes. being a good gladiator. Yeah. But agreed, uh, it's better than the life they were leading. Uh-huh. So we're now into training. They're going to break Spartacus, but they brand him first. Uh, the trainer challenges Spartacus to kill him. He gives him a sword, but Spartacus won't do it. He's smart. Yes, he's, he's smart, this boy, uh, but he's on their radar now. We see them bathing together and talking about the fact they can't make friends because they will end up fighting each other. But also he says, what's your name? Oh, that's going to come back later. Mm. What's your name? You don't need to know my name. Oh, I don't need to good. know yours. Very Brilliant. good. Yes. It's a well-structured script, actually, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It really is. Um, and then they dish out the ladies. I know. When, she's, when he says to Verinia, played by Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons, is that right? Gene, yeah. yeah. No, it's Gene Simmons, just not the one from Kiss. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that's why I I didn't think I'd have to make that distinction, but you look confused. I no, just had a horrible he wasn't, moment. He wasn't around then, and he didn't look like that. He can do anything. <laughs> When, she, when he's like, I've never. Who knows what he looks like under the makeup? Exactly. That's his face. Beautiful English robes, Gene Simmons. When he says to her, I've never had a woman, I'd be like, Oh, have you not? Right, this is how you do it shoulder massage, then we have a nap, and then we've done it. So perfect. Because he doesn't know, does he? Like, he's not, I've never been in this position before. Fantastic. I'll tell you how it works. Get on the shoulders, and then we're going to have 20 minutes sleep because I'm knackered. Don't, don't literally get on my shoulders. <laughs> Um, but it's a big shout for a film of this ilk to have your lead a virgin. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I haven't thought of that. Surprise. For someone who is Kirk Douglas, effectively. Sure. It's, it's a big shout for him to yeah, do that. I um, thought of that. Uh, but it turns out before they can have sex, they realise they're being watched mm. from above. And it's. I feel like they're making the comparison here that sex is like violence. They've turned it into spectator sport. Sure, yeah. He could be charging for it, I guess, if he was um, smart. Uh, Pete Usinoff's story here. He said uh, that Kirk Douglas would get a bit annoying with his um, method mm. acting. And he said Kirk insisted on Rukmaninoff playing during this scene. <laughs> he said, I couldn't understand why, because Rukmaninoff wasn't around back then. So I don't know what different it made. Very much not around back then. So whenever the camera's on Usinoff, he'd have Rukmaninoff turned off. <laughs> and then it was turned on when Douglas was doing his scenes. So and he said, I said to him, this is extra baggage that you don't need to carry. <laughs> Uh, so we've got a trading montage now and it looks like slave trading is a bit like total wipeout I've put it looks like those outdoor gyms that the council keep putting in oh yeah I've got one of them near me (laughs) of course you do too embarrassing to use it I tried it once I wish I wasn't though because it is such a good initiative and Mm. because I work in fundraising I can see I can see the application for that money. It's like, our outcomes are this and we'll greater public health and whatever. But people are just too embarrassed to use them. So yeah. kids go on them all the time. Mm-hmm. You shout at your kids to get off them. It's actually quite dangerous. So they're just going to rust up nicely. It's a shame. Yeah. And that is what Spartacus is. <laughs> uh, we, meet, we meet first general of the Republic, Crassus, played by Laurence Olivier. And he's buying some gladiators uh, to pick them. He gets them to fight to the death with each other. Mm. Uh, his missus and her mate, Picks who she wants. She wants the coward Spartacus, while Crassus is is into Verinia. Those two girls are so good. Women, yeah. sorry, they're very very good at being like a nightmare. Awful, yeah. yeah. When she's like, I feel sorry for them in the heat. Take their clothes off. <laughs> it's just so amazing. <laughs> I love the writing there that they gave these women. I don't know. Maybe it would be tempting to be like all the women are brilliant because there's very few women in it. So we might as yeah. well have like amazing women like Verinia. But to have like these absolute gorgon women yeah. that are a nightmare, I just thought that was really good. And so um, 50 minutes in, we finally got some action. Yeah. So uh, they take them out in pairs to fight and it's awful. It's friends killing friends. A bit like the communist witch hunt. Oh, yeah. Where friends had to turn on friends. Yes. Um, and so Spartacus uh, is fighting an Ethiopian called Draba, mm. who's become his friend um, in spite of them not wanting to be friends. He's played by an American football star called Woody Strode. Who is excellent, he's I think. He's so, so good. He looks amazing. Yeah. He's got so much presence. Mm. He's got so much dignity and he's fantastic in this scene. And I think this is one of the few times it feels like Kubrick's doing something here yeah. where he's he's filming it from above 
the t- it's like they're indifferent to what's happening below them. This is the life people and death. Watching. The people yeah, watching. Yeah, because they're talking business. The boys yeah. are talking business at one point. We're like, how did you manage to do it? Like, get me this job and whatever. Yeah. And it's like, chat, chat, chat. And it makes you appreciate what it would have been for that to be a true spectator sport, which yeah. is you are occasionally not engaged with it. You're doing something else because it means it doesn't mean no. that much to you. Life or death down there, up yeah. here, it's whatever. It's entertainment, yeah. Yep. Uh, so uh, Drabber's got a trident and Annette Spartacus has got a sword and a shield. Drabber takes the lead and uh, he's all over Spartacus. He gets the thumbs down, but he doesn't kill Spartacus. Instead, he throws the trident at the dignitaries. Yeah. And he comes for them and he gets a spear in the back and then crashes his blade in his neck. Oh, yeah, that is brutal. And then to add insult to injury, they string Drabber up and his example as an example to other slaves. Which again, I'm talking about the social commentary. It looks like a lynching. Yeah, you know, this is does. 1960s America, it and does. so it's it's a very upsetting image. Uh, Spikus learns that Verini has been sold. He has a fight in the kitchen and drowns a man in some soup. Fuck me, this escalates quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like I could, I didn't know that this was the story of this film. I knew the I knew the Iron Spartacus thing. I knew that he was a slave that read, led a revolution. I did not expect the revolution to be this quick. And that's why I love this scene because it took me by surprise. Like mm. he drowns a guard in soup, and before, like in ten seconds, he's like lit the touch paper, yeah. and it's all gone mental. Yeah, it's effectively a prison riot. Yes, the revolt. You get this bloody battle. You get the escape, and also I think it should be noticed we're we're an hour in here, and he's barely said a word. It starts to grate on me a bit that he hasn't said a word yeah. because he's my lead, and I kind of I'm just a bit of a modern audience, and I could do with a bit of hero, mm-hmm. something, something. But uh, but it makes sense. So yeah. He's doing face acting, Vicky. He's doing face acting, but come on, Chris. Who is he going up against in the face acting stakes this week? The master. Yeah. Russell Crowe can't be beaten on that front. Okay, that's going to be interesting. Does he have as interesting a face as (laughs) Kirk Douglas? Yes. I'm going to get into Kirk Douglas's face later on. (laughs) Uh, But maybe it's a good thing he's not talking too much because we're going to take a break now, but when we kind of come back, there's a lot of talking. (laughs) 
the stuff in the Senate is it becomes difficult for me to care about it because it's very uh, granular politics. It is. It gets very convoluted, the, the, this battle between um, Gracchus, Glabrus, um, Caesar, Crassus, Crassus and Beat... By, Batiatus. Batiatus. Yes, exactly. Ridiculous. It's impossible to keep up yeah. with who's who. Yeah. I so, mean, what you need to know is that Crassus is the, the real villain. Man. yep. It's exciting when Caesar shows up because we all know who that is yeah. and we all know that he's ultimately going to win. He's going to end up doing what these other blokes want to do but can't. He's going to get the love of the people. Now, it's you know because he's an emperor, dictator, whatever. But it's interesting watching him sort of rise up the ranks. Sure. But it doesn't help that Glabrus, Gracchus, Crassus, I mean, the names are quite similar. They are very I'm similar. I'm making my notes and I'm getting quite annoyed. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, I mean, it is true. You know, as I say... Wasted years doing Latin, and you know, Caecilius <laughs> was the guy we learnt about in his family. And it, I mean, all these names are just variations on the same thing. Um, so yeah, I won't go into the details. You've got a GCSE in Latin, yeah, you do, okay, yeah, I do, and that's really useful, yeah, no, no, <laughs> Naming I, could, flowers, I could have done German. <laughs> Why didn't I do German? You could have done German and you could have had a year in Germany. You might be living there now. You might you might be in a rent-controlled apartment in Berlin having a brilliant time going clubbing. I didn't... I mean, I wish they'd learned, offered Spanish. I would have done Spanish. Yes. I did French and Latin. Any alive language would have been fantastic. I did French as well. <laughs> I can't speak that either now. Anyway... Boring, uh, more boring than this. Um, so I'm not going to get into to, to the nuts and bolts of this, I've decided. What I am going to get into is Crassus receiving a gift of slaves from the governor of Sicily, including a singer <laughs> called Antonius. <laughs> Who's meant to be 26. <laughs> Sorry. He's in his 40s. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Antoninus, sorry. Antoninus. I, I, I will yeah. get it right. Played by Tony Curtis. So I'm going to call Antoninus Tony from now on. Good. Because that is a shortening of Antoninus. <laughs> um, and he's going to become his body servant. Yeah. Um, so uh, before we get into their, what happens with them, Spartacus returns to the training camp and it's chaos because their, their former overlords are fighting each other while the former slaves are drinking and cheering them on. Yeah. They've become the thing they hate. And he, he does a speech now, Spartacus, and now he's starting to come into his own. He says he'd rather die than watch two men fight to death. Have we learned nothing, he tells them. I thought it was like Animal Farm, which is in itself about communism. Sure. Because, you know, you've become your master's kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's good writing. It's good acting. Um, he, they need to become an army now. And they're going to head to sea via some pirate ships. Uh, there's a rounding up montage. Uh, he finds uh, Varinia and they have a right laugh. <laughs> God, they have a right laugh. <laughs> That's old school acting, isn't it? Like, she's good. Yeah. She, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sparta goes, I do love you. Like, that's just, we don't do it like that anymore. So it was no. quite funny. No, uh, that scene I mentioned earlier, Peter Usinoff and Charles Lawton dining with each other. Uh, they're talking about having attendance, both of them God, having. I could have stayed in that scene all day. Well, it's because Peter Usinoff is one of the great actors, one of the great writers. Charles Lawton's one of the great actors. Yeah. Uh, we both have a tendency towards corpulence. And not trusting skinny people and things like that. It's yeah. brilliant. And you, if you were a woman in Gracchus's house, you'd be like, do you know what? I could do a lot worse than this. Like, if he called on you, because with his promiscuous nature, you'd be like, do you know what? Fine. No. It's nice here. They're not promiscuous. But they're virtuous and they keep women around due to their respect for Roman morality. <laughs> it's so cleverly written. Um, uh, right, uh, now we're into the good stuff, the bathing scene. So yeah. um, apparently Tony Curtis was something of a gay icon, even though he always claimed to be straight. He just he was so beautiful. Yes. Uh, uh, and certain roles he played, I mean, obviously did a bit of cross-dressing famously <laughs> before this, weirdly. Oh, yeah. uh, something like it hot was before this. But... Um, yeah, he has this scene. Uh, now, I will say that I don't think it's <laughs> ideal that Crassus is the villain and he's also gay because we talk about that negative cliche of your gay character being the villain. Well, he says he likes both. So. Sure, sure. But uh, yeah, he's the only one, though, who says that. That's and true. he's the villain. I mean, it makes more sense than most films where we don't like it because bearing in mind what the Romans did get up to. But I don't know. It could. I feel like it could do with more non-villainous people right, yes. ha being bisexual like yeah. he is because yeah. it's almost like it's a negative trait. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the scene that was cut from the film and re-added in 1991 uh, with Nancy Hopkins doing the voice. So uh, Crassus asked Tony, have you ever dishonoured the gods? Mm-hmm. I think you talk about bum sex. I do too. Uh, do you should have just said, is, is, that what you, is that what you're talking about? Because this is going to take all day otherwise. Do you eat oysters? Do you eat snails? I wish it wasn't snails. Oysters make sense, not to be too anatomical or like to gross you out. It kind of makes sense. An oyster as a representation 
of female parts. Yeah. Fine. We're, I'm not accustomed to thinking of snails <laughs> like in that way. Or if I am thinking of that for a snail, oh, oh I'm just a bit disappointed. About I thought about Something that. firmer, really, is oh, where I'm... And it can, it can look like a snail. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh. Like, a lot like a yeah, snail. On a, on a rough morning. <laughs> um, he says, my taste includes both snails and oysters. Good for you, Crossers. Um and I guess even though this wasn't in the film in the late 70s, I guess this scene was famous enough or, it, I mean, it was just part of history. What we know about history as well is I think it's partly the reason we've got do you like gladiators scene in Airplane? <laughs> do you like gladiator movies in the cockpit? And obviously in Clueless, he's, he, the, the gay boy brings around Spartacus to watch with Cher. Oh, yeah! Yeah. Oh, my God! And she doesn't get that he's watching it because of this God, I've missed Curtis that stuff. for years, obviously. Yeah. Brilliant. I'm sure we talked about it on the Clueless episode. Yeah, we would have. But um, yeah, so a famous scene that wasn't in the film for a long time. Uh, he then shows him the might and majesty of the Roman Empire. Uh, the world can't resist. How can a boy? You must serve her. You must grovel at her feet. You must love her. Tony's out of there. Yeah. He's I gone. I mean me. When I say her, I mean He's me. <laughs> it is funny. He's like, uh, and, and tonight... Oh, <laughs> it's like good for you. We're like, run for your life. Right. So I've got a random quote here that I want to say uh, that's nothing to do with this, but I just, it made me smile. Go on. Uh, so gay icon Tony, uh, Tony Curtis in one of the most famous gay scenes in film history. Yes. Uh, he was asked in 2006 by Fox News what he thought of the film that was the front runner to win Best Picture that year, Brokeback Mountain. Mm -hmm. He said, this picture is not as important as we make it. It's nothing unique. The only thing unique about it is that they put it on the screen and they make him gay lover cowboys. Howard Hughes and John Wayne wouldn't like it. Okay. Then when asked to name his favourite film of the year, he said, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> Howard Hughes and John Wayne? <laughs> I like the Harry it's, Potter it's answer no, the best. It's no Goblet of Fire. <laughs> it's no Goblet. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's the fourth. It's ever so good. <laughs> Fucking Curtis. <laughs> I love that. Right, slave army, Vesuvius, uh, by the by the mountain. We've got this epic tracking shot showing them marching and building and trading as Spikers rides through his horse through the middle. This is very similar to the scene at the start of Gladiator, I would say. Yes. When, when, when Maximus is going through yeah. and looking at all these people before they go into battle. Uh, the plan is to have enough men to march on Rome. He gets annoyed that there are too many women there and an angry grandmother gives him some serious <laughs> shit. He's a patronising bastard, though. He picks her up and carries her off. And she loves it. She loves it. She gives him a hug. It's a classic Spartacus, that is. But the scope is widening of the film here. Uh, Tony's there. He says he can do magic and juggling. I love it when he says, that's my work I also juggle. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, we meet the, the pirate Tigranus Levantus, played by the brilliant Herbert Lom. Yes. Of Pink Panther fame. Uh, he's going to give them 500 ships. Uh, that's not going to work out. But it's, you know, we, 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 we're hearing these great speeches from Spartacus now. He says death is, he's asked, he's told that he's going to lose. And he says, death is the only freedom a slave knows. Yep. That's why we'll win. Yep. Great writing. Fantastic. Uh, they attack the Romans. There's a face-off with Glabrus. They, mm. they catch him playing dead and he's sent away um, with a message that they just want out of the country uh, and will smash every army on the way, but just let us go. Mm -hmm. Intermission. Yeah. Ice cream time. Right. Senate stuff. Uh, Glabrus shows up. Um, he's told off. And he's going to be denied fire, water, food and shelter for 400 miles from Rome. Yeah. So is that just slow death? Or I, I mean... I'm I don't know. Or maybe if you go exactly 401 miles, it's bloody lovely and everything's <laughs> fine. Where is 401 miles from Rome? Venice? Or is it not too is that too not too far? Bit of bit of France maybe. You lovely. Should have, you should have found this out. Oh god. <laughs> what corner can that be? Europe corner. Europe geography corner. Sorry, carry on. Maybe Greece. <laughs> Greece is 400 miles away. It's lovely over there. We got more travelling though. We've seen the slaves travel across the country and it's epic. Uh, they, they're going through the heat they're going through the cold you watch a baby get buried oh god yeah and again I feel like this might be what Kubrick wanted to do with this film capturing the reality of the situation because this looks like watching modern day refugee crisis on the news yeah and it's meant to show you know the burial scene does go on a bit. It's fair enough. But it's like, you know, it's a hard life. Speed up, love. Yeah. We, we are leaving. We are going to the sea. <laughs> we haven't got all day. 
Um, but also it's like there's you know, the cycle of life and that they're on the road for such a long time that all these life events will happen. Yeah, and Not I th- so much that I didn't feel like the road life had killed the baby necessarily. Like they had a hard life anyway, so I don't know. Okay. Sorry, carry on. Go ahead. Verinia and yeah. Spartacus. Yes. Uh, she's preggers. She is pregnant. There's a scene, I think the most powerful scene between them is when they talk about they want to belong to each other. Yes. Because it's really powerful that that is how people who've been slaves all their lives would view love and commitment. Is It's not we're a union, it's we're belonging, we're going to belong to each other. Oh, that's nice. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I think yeah. it's very powerful. Yeah, that's very sweet. Because they don't have any other language for commitment. Oh, yeah, that's so true because it's not a voluntary no. option. Oh, that's nice. Very sweet. Um, they're stressing the Senate. The the Republic's weak. The pirates have cut off their grain supply. They're fighting two wars and they've got Spartacus on his way. So Rome's close to panic. And then there's stuff about garrisons. There's betrayals going on. Um, Gracchus is, is betraying Rome. Um, Tigranus Levantus hasn't made the ships or he hasn't got the ships for him. No. Uh there's a desire for them to march on Rome so Crassus can fight them there because Crassus is losing power. And there's sort of lots of speeches coming now that there's armies approaching to trap Spartacus against the sea. His only choice is to march on Rome, but he wants to free every slave in Italy on the way. It's going to be a long march, a hard fight, but better than being a citizen of Rome. Yeah. Um, it, meanwhile, uh, Crassus is promising the destruction of the slave army and a new empire. He says, I'm not after glory, I'm after Spartacus. But he realises, much like in Gladiator, he's got to kill the legend. He can't just kill the man. Yep. Uh, he still wants to know what Spartacus look like, looks like. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say, I said I was going to come back to his face. The chin, the dimple. <laughs> the big dimple. He's quite recognisable. Yeah, he is. No one had a chin or a dimple quite <laughs> like that. It's a hell of a face. <laughs> It's cru- it is literally carved from granite. Not literally, metaphorically, but you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. Um, Spartacus is walking around his camp, giving everyone a nod and a smile. As long as one of us live, we all live. And then we've got the battle. So apparently in, in Dalton Trumbo's script, he only alluded to this battle. Right. But Stanley Kubrick realised you've got to shoot this. You want to set fire to some money? We've got to do it. You've got to set, no, set fire to some logs. Yes, I like the logs. Uh, but also, you know, we've got Kirk Douglas. You've got to see him go into battle. So he designed this, this battle with Saul Bass, by all accounts. And it's fucking epic. This is where you see the huge numbers slowly marching, building the tension. Yeah. You've got, you've got the squares of the Roman army the against the chaos yeah. of, of the slaves. The Romans approach, the slaves set fire to the logs, they run them down like Vicky chasing some cheese um, <laughs> and the Romans leg it. Now, you haven't heard last week's episode, but Alex said you were cheese rolling. What, on my holiday? Yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't cheese okay. rolling. But that is just um, an accident of organisation. I should have been cheese. I would like to have gone cheese rolling. Okay. Yes, he's just, correct about that. Just filling people in. <laughs> Uh, and you're seeing the fire, the fiery logs roll over actual people. Really? Oh, yeah. That's terrible. I mean, they've just, they're, it's blokes running and then the thing's over them. I guess that's true. St- well, stuntmen, but yeah. still. But still, yeah. it's It's just, the stunt work is pretty spectacular. I mean, I'm seeing horses going down as well. Yeah. That doesn't look quite so good. I mean, they're, tr- so, you know, stunt horses are a thing. But um, Spartacus is fighting dudes on horseback. He chops off an arm. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to, to a shot of the Sea of Dead on the battlefield, which reminds me of that shot from Gone with the Wind of, of all the dead. Uh, it's, it's chilling. And uh, the Roman officers are walking through <clears throat> that Sea of Dead and they hear a baby crying and you see a dead toddler. Oh. There's lots of dead youth in this. Yeah. I'm Spartacus. I am Spartacus. So uh, apparently Kubrick did not like the script. He found parts of it silly. He found parts of it melodramatic. And he hated this scene. Uh, because he considered it sentimental trash. I think it's good. Uh, it's so monumental in my mind because it's so famous that, of course, it was a little bit underwhelming when you actually see it. It's brief. Yeah, You're expecting it to go on longer I and be grander. I also thought it would be the end of the film. Sure. And it's not. And it actually, I think there's two great scenes coming, but it maybe it should have been the end yes. of the film. Of course it so, should. So the captured prisoners are told their lives will be spared as slaves if they identify Spartacus. If not, crucifixion uh spartacus does actually go to say who he, he is does. but then someone else says i'm spartacus and then all of them make the claim as we see spartacus sheds the tear 
maybe don't cry, mate. That's going to give you away. Uh, and the moment's over. And they crucify them all. Yep. Uh, so uh, they find Verinia and her baby, Spartacus' baby. Um, she claims she saw Spartacus die. They're not having that. Um, Crassus takes her prisoner, though. And there's just shots of the slaves carrying their crosses, being crucified on the roadside all the way to the gates of Rome. Uh, they're going to do Tony and Spartacus at the end. They don't know he's Spartacus yet. Um, but the shot, those shots are, are, are genuinely shocking, mm. very upsetting. Uh, we cut to Crassus flirting with Verinia by threatening to kill her child. <laughs> Sexy. Is that how you get a girl into bed? I mean, look, he's a rich man. What's the alternative at this point? He's offering you a wet nurse. Take the offer. <laughs> Gladiator, he threatens to kill the baby to yes. sleep with her. Same, same, thing. same thing. Same story, yeah. B. Yep. Uh, then when that doesn't work, he compares her to a mountain goat. <laughs> Even sexier. <laughs> uh, but he can't get his head around her love for Spartacus, everyone's love for Spartacus. What was he? Was he a god? Um, Spartacus, uh, Tony wants to know if they would ever have won. He said, we were tens and thousands who said no. Rise from their knees, stand tall. He believes that this is the beginning of something. And this is when Crassus approaches them and realises who Spartacus is. Yeah. Uh, because he slaps Spartacus and Spartacus spits in his face. <laughs> so they're going to fight tonight. And it's a scene where Tony and Spartacus have to fight each other. And they're given swords to pick up. And... <sighs> They're actually trying to kill each other because they know that whoever survives will be crucified. Why? Is, I don't get it. What am I missing? You don't want to win then because you don't want to be crucified. You want to... No, you want to win to save the other one because they love each other so much. Right. I'm going to kill oh. you to spare you the pain of crucifixion. Oh, I see. Cause, I, I see, think it's I an amazing scene yeah, because you're, you're watching two friends trying desperately to kill each other. To spare them. To the, spare them. Got it. Because at first I thought Tony was... Doing it because he didn't want, um, he didn't want Spartacus to become a martyr. Or that's didn't what want, I thought. Yeah, but no, I think you know, I think that's part of it. But also, no, they they're trying to protect the other one. Got it. Okay. And so that that it's really painful and really moving watching it. Uh, Spartacus, though, is you know the great warrior. He ends up um, killing uh, Antoninus and. <laughs> Tony uh, and he tells uh, Tony tells him I loved you like a father and Spartacus says he loved him like the son he'll never see Oof, that's that's harsh yeah it's good it's really powerful stuff but he'll come back and he'll be millions and so um, we're in the home straight now Crassus tells Spartacus that his wife and child are slaves in his household and this does break our man I mean it's it's phenomenal considering what a big hit this film was how dark this ending is yeah so he's told that information. He's then ordered, crucify him. No grave, no marker. Burn the body. Scatter the ashes in secret so he can't become that martyr. Mm. Um, Gracchus sends uh, Verinia and the baby and uh, they get stopped and see Spartacus on the cross. And um, he's still alive. Yeah. Slowly dying. So tears are shed. But he gets to see his boy before he dies. This is your son. He's free, Spartacus. Uh, and Spartacus smiles. He'll remember you because I'll tell him who his father was. If and you what make it he out of here alive, of. run! Like she's like you're pushing your luck a little bit. I'll tell him all about you. You need to go now, otherwise you won't be telling anyone anything. And the last shot is is for a white uh, is for Verinia begging for her love to die. Yeah, yeah, okay. I don't know. I felt like I was. This is me by this point. I'm just like with crucifixion. All I'm seeing is the top of Kirk Douglas and I'm not seeing any wounds. I'm like, I'm in the mood for like, let's just see how bad it actually is, um, which is a personal thing. Yeah. I just, you know. I don't need to see that. I, I, I believe stuff was shot that Kubrick cut out and mm. caused a big fight with Douglas, but I don't know. I, I can fill in the blanks. Oh, it's just difficult because you've got Monty Python in your head all the time. So mm. I, I, I All could, the time? Yeah. <laughs> I confess, all the time. John Cleese <laughs> lives rent-free. God. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm so fucking angry all the time. Uh, no, but I, I found this incredibly moving and I nearly shed a tear here, oh, if I'm nice. honest. I didn't. Um, <laughs> although then I read uh, Peter Ustinov said that when he was at the studio and they were doing ADR, um, Kirk Douglas was dubbing his lines in this scene. Yeah. He said, I was sent to give him a message and I found him lying on the floor in the cross position doing his lines, which I thought was ridiculous. So I lay next to him as if I was on a cross as well and said, Kirk, you've got a message. 
<laughs> he didn't enjoy that very much. Uh, so that is the end of Spartacus. Oh, well um, done. Another connection between Spartacus and Gladiator is they were top, one of the top three grossing films of the year they came out. This was a huge blockbuster. And it also has a little piece of history as well. Um, so... John F. Kennedy decided to cross the picket line and very publicly go and watch this in a cinema where the credit was uh, up there written by Dalton Trumbo, Mm. which Kirk Douglas had seen to. They'd done a deal. He was going to put his name on the film. By doing that, this ended the blacklist. That one decision and that one moment. So That is amazing. Yeah, because that had been going for like 10 years in Hollywood, Mm. lives were ruined. And so, yeah, it's there's a, you know... This film means a lot. So uh, let's do the questions. Vicky, yes. favourite scene? So like I said, it was a bit underwhelming when I actually got there, but the, the the reason I was excited to watch this film and the reason this film I think is as famous as it is because it got parodied and copied and repeated and whatever is I Am Spartacus. Really? Yeah. Even though I understand there are better scenes in the film, but it's just got a life of its own, that thing. Yeah. You know, that scene, so that... Uh, for me, it was when Spikus and Tony were trying to kill each other. Yeah. I just thought it's, I just, it just blew my mind. A friend could be trying to kill a friend to save him from this terrible fate. It's just very upsetting. Uh, most valuable whatever. So, honestly, Peter Ustinov, but not, because if it was just performance, then he, he kind of steals it because he's just so fantastic. Mm. But Kirk Douglas is incredible, but also because of all the hiring of blacklisted people than him for that as well. Yeah. That's monumental. He's the right one. He was the driving force. This obsession uh, is what got this film made. So Kirk Douglas is the right answer, but I'm going to say Dalton Trumbo because in many ways he saved this film as well. There's stories about him being snuck into the studio under blankets to watch edits of the film when it was a right mess and they reckon his notes saved this movie for a second time. So, yeah, yeah big Dalton. Um change what would you change we've kind of done it but i honestly think you cannot have all these characters crassus gracchus glabrous brachius all the us it's enough i can't deal with it like it was annoying to write it out and i appreciate that people that went to see this film weren't fucking writing notes i expect but it you i lose the thread of a character says well something us won't be happy about that and i think i don't know which one of them it is so I know but, that I that's... Mean, that's what it was. That's what the names were. I, know, I, I, did start, I, I did start making up my chance. Like, no, it's not. You can't. And got... The biggest one is somehow you need to end the film after I Am Spartacus. Like That's such a big moment. Mm. It ha- That has to be the final beat somehow. I yeah, didn't love I, I the think... end. I think the end... I love, like you said, the scene, the fight between the friends is powerful. But to me, it kind of sputters out. Whereas that, you're ending on a high note. You can still be unsure about what happens to Are the slaves. Are you saying it sputters out when a man on a cross sees his child <laughs> for the first and last time? A little bit, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree <laughs> on that. Um, I mean, I, I've, we banned this change early on, but I've got to use it What, here. that it's too long? There's no need for it. No, so no. you've got to get to the point quicker. You've got to cut out, cut out half the stuff in the Senate. We don't need Spartacus becoming poetic and asking to know where the wind comes from <laughs> and, and, and all the convoluted politics after the intermission. So I am being specific here. There's just a lot of ways that this could be down to the same length as Gladiator, which would be about right. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for feeling that this is a safe space to say that because at some point that rule has to be broken because this is over three hours long and that's fucking ridiculous. I think we, we break it all the time. <laughs> um, Alex does. But... um. No, I just couldn't not do it this week because it, no. it is the issue. You were allowed to do it for this one, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was a different time. It was. Uh, so that was Spartacus. Um, we're back on Thursday with Gladiator, but if you need a further fix of the show before then, you can check us out on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram or Twitter. But before we go, yeah. clue time. I've got a clue. You've got a clue? Okay. Yeah. We should have spoken about this. Yeah. But do, it's all right, we can do two. Do your clue. No. Uh, well, I need one for Twitter. All right, you ready? Yeah. Can you just start acting like a grown-up? Thank you. Thank you. Not necessarily angry, but that just, you know, makes it funnier. Excellent clue. Right, that really is your lot. Back on Thursday, we will be unleashing hell thanks to Gladiator. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.